Good evening, meet suits and meet dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 141. We have now done as many episodes as the number used to refer to prostitutes in Hong Kong who are working out of their private apartments. Because <laughs> you see, prostitution is legal in Hong Kong, but organized prostitution isn't. So, according to section 141 of the penal code, and so they're skip by operating out of their own private brothels. They're breaking section 150. Just, anyway. just kind of disorganized uh, prostitution is fine. Totally fine, right? But the, bad but middle management because that <laughs> because that's the exception they're, they're really using. Books. <laughs> because that's the exception they're using. They're called 141s. Nice. Speaking of sex with complicated rules, this week we're talking about the novel <laughs> Fifty Shades of Daddy Issues by E.L. James. Uh, if you don't want to read the book, and uh, why would you? Uh, but you'd like to have it read eerily into your ears by cra- creepily underage-sounding narrator, you can get it for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address and sign up for a trial membership right now, you get a free audiobook and you support our show. I know we've been saying it for a long time. But it really does help keep everything going. So if you haven't done it yet, please take this opportunity to get a free audiobook. Uh, we're still full of sponsorships. So this is actually an unsponsored episode, although several people threatened to sponsor it. No one had. And we decided it was important enough that we, we talked about it because we've gotten it recommended by so many different people. Um, but, and we're still full of sponsorships, though. So if you, uh, But if you go to read-weep.com slash sponsor and put your name on the mailing list, we'll be happy to let you know. You'll be the first to know when more sponsorships are available. Let me introduce you to today's panel. Uh, I'm your host. My name is Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And here are some of my friends who I subject to crappy things. In San Francisco, California, it's Ezra Fox. <sighs> and he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. <laughs> oh, no, that one sounded dirty. That one's not, not exhausted, but dirty. And also joining us, she's our Twilight expert. And since this book was originally Twilight erotic fanfic, She's back in Chicago from Chicago, Illinois. It's Sarah Hathaway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are right. I think, I think by far. Sounds like we're not uh, great so far. Sarah, I think you have the worst job we've ever made of, out of any of our guests. I think you got screwed over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like such a, it's a weird, dubious honor. Because like I heard about this book and I was like, haha, the the read and weep guys are going to have fun with this one. And then the next sentence I heard was, it's Twilight Erotica. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> call me. The email you wrote to me when I asked you was, I knew this day was coming. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, I just had a really serious conversation with my boyfriend where I was like, if I get called up for this one, I'm going to have to do it. And he's like, you don't have to. I'm like, but they're my friends. <laughs> Uh, well, we I really appreciate your level of dedication because God knows I wouldn't do this for yeah, friendship. I, I think we definitely owe you some kind of treat for this. 
<laughs> Sarah gets Sarah a treat. Gets a treat. <laughs> name, name your bounty. Whatever will make you yeah. whole again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It would just be such a delight one time to just like, you know, encounter something. Like, talk about something with you guys that doesn't involve daddy issues. Because I was trying to think of like, everything I've done has been Twilight or 16 and Pregnant. Right. <laughs> And you did the one that was twi- had Twilight in the name, but was actually fairies. <laughs> anyway, I think we yeah. also made you do the host. Is that right, too? Right, because it's the Twilight. No, I did okay. not do the host. Oh, you did. That was just Brie Tanner. That wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, Brie Tanner was at least short. Well, maybe... The short second life. Maybe maybe it wouldn't be funny for the show, so maybe we should just call you up one day and talk to you about Harry Potter. Or something. Oh, that would just be a delight. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Potter talk. All right, we'll do it. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about this book a little bit. Let's start. Uh, Chris, we need a summary from you because of your yep. freakish recall yep. and your dulcet tones. Today, I would like you to summarize in the style of your inner goddess. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, it always takes me just a second to distill what that means to me as a narrator. <laughs> well, it's your professionalism. That's the third reason why you get picked for this. Indeed. Anna Steele is a typical college student at Washington State University in Vancouver, Washington. She has a rich, beautiful roommate, Kate, and a friend who wishes he was something more, Jose, and they're all about to graduate and move with Kate to Seattle. Covering for Kate at her job at the student newspaper one day, Anna meets 27-year-old CEO Christian Gray of Gray Enterprises. He is so hot, you guys. He is so hot. Oh, my God. I just want this girl to fuck him. But anyway, he's hot, but he's very cold, and uh, he's very controlling, and he's very kind of type A. Um, But he does seem pretty into Anna. Um, and so the interview goes well, and, and actually they meet again for something else, like a photo shoot, and uh, she's awkward, and he is cool. And then they meet again, uh, and she's awkward, but he fucks her anyway, yeah! <laughs> and then uh, she, uh, makes her sign a non-disclosure agreement, and he tells her he's into BDSM, and shows her this room full of toys, and hands her a contract to sign about what she will do and what she won't do in very general terms. Um, Anna's a little overwhelmed by this, because it turns out that was her virginity that he just fucked out of her. And uh, she needs to think on it. So uh, they fuck again, and they both enjoy it, but then they part. And anyway, so in this whole contract negotiation, they exchange a lot of email, like to a boring degree of detail and subject lines. Oh, my God. And nobody replies to anything. Um, but they, then they meet up for dinner for the contract negotiation, and they're negotiating, but then she thinks he's going to win because he's going to fuck his way into winning the argument. And so she leaves um, before they, they really established, like, yes, I'm in. Um, and cause he's like super duper rich and you know, there's all this disclosure stuff. Um, but then, uh, she graduates college. She graduates from her satellite state school campus college. And, uh, and Woo-hoo. it turns out who's conferring the degrees, but Christian Gray, he's there. And so at, at graduation, she tells him that, uh, he can have her any way he wants to. And that's about the first half of the book. Yeah. Is, is, is that really how uh, far it, it got? Cause I, I, went too far so i don't really know what our stopping point was yeah no yeah. no no. that's that's um four hours into the second file um which time wise is it's perfect just about dead on halfway okay. yeah and actually and you know with all of the plot that's about as good of a halfway point as any you're gonna get <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually like the halfway point is right as she says okay uh, i will let you do this thing so it's it's nice that we we actually get to know that she says yes 
Because, golly, in my head, I was rooting for her to say no. Yeah. I was hoping she'd be like, no, I'm going to find a guy who likes me. I'm going to go with anyone else. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to go to the ethnic kiss rapist instead. Yeah. So, okay. Can we we get into compliments, I guess? Uh, let's do it. Uh, Ez sounds really excited to compliment Sarah as the guest. You have the right to either go first or to allow Ezra to go first. Which do you prefer? Well, you know, I I, I would like to go first because I feel like this one might get do taken. It. You okay? Go. Um, I'm sure not by not by you, Ezra. Though this this feels like a little a little too simplistic for your style. Um, <laughs> my major compliment for this Chris is I, that though. this truly broadens the definition of the word book. <laughs> 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 I mean, in like some really interesting literal technical ways, right? Because it's like it actually had a journey that was yeah. very unbook-like. Yeah. So yeah, it started it out was... as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. It started out as Twilight fan fiction and got worse after that. <laughs> yeah. She and then she like she took it down off the fan fiction site to work on it to make it more original, so she could actually publish it, it... as like an original work of fiction and have that. By the way, totally bullshit in this context. Disclaimer at the beginning about it being like a totally original work. Right. But also just in terms of like um like having no spark of originality and no plot and no conflicts and no sentence structure and no grammar. <laughs> so she's just, she's thrown all that stuff out the window and just gone for it's it's like free book. Yeah, it, basically. It, this is the free jazz of books. <laughs> Yep, and and just as appealing to me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Ezra, what's your major compliment that you're such a, so excited to get? So out? again, it's crazy in comparison that that I guess she makes Stephanie Meyer look, I guess, racially sensitive in comparison. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, like, are you talking about her brown friend, the McKinney? Yeah, the, the, the friend uh, Jose um, must be the rewrite of Jacob. Yeah, he um, is. And and just, there's a great line where it's just like like he smiled with his Hispanic American smile, and we're just like, like well, can we actually just say smile here. We don't really <laughs> like, being really careful to note. Yeah, there are different smiles, don't you know? You know, she's, and the narrator but, attempts a half cent, half accent. Yeah. It's really Oh bad. yeah, he's always saying Dios mio and getting drunk on margaritas and groping anyone who's close to him. Well, like this was so offensive. Yeah, Dios mio is the Spanish version of oh my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. That is what that's got to be the, the worst. Uh anyway, we'll get into that later. Uh all right, Chris, do you want to be third or fourth? Your choice. Yeah, yeah. So as I said in my um in my summary, Anna goes to uh WSU Vancouver. Uh, satellite <laughs> campus yeah if you know anything about washington and public school i mean i'm sure it's a fine and accredited institution it is, it, it, they, but they do have a decent agricultural program i've done a show there okay great um the the deal is that there's a lot of hay made about anna having a beat-up car and no computer and doesn't have a smartphone or you know anything with which to interact like with the internet um, apart from computers at school, and Christian can't believe it. But I actually, I'm going to counter that and say it's so believable that somebody who goes to that kind of school would be on a budget and, um, you know, definitely using the resources that the campus pr- provides. Also, I like it because it has SUV in the name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> of the University of Washington Sport Utility Vehicle. <laughs> 
like, isn't it great to think about, like, if she'd actually been going to the main Wazoo campus in Pullman, and, like, half of this book was set in Pullman? Yeah. <laughs> I would just be, and so I was drunk, and a frat boy touched me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the thing is, I mean, they're not really that far away from Seattle. Like, the, the distance between them, then, isn't so, like, insurmountable, you know? If, like, if you're going to have people driving back and forth in a day and, like, flying yeah. helicopters, like, why not put it in Pullman? I guess it, like, it was just so she could use Vancouver and Portland interchangeably. Oh, well, it was so that or, she could yeah. have him be at the Heathman, which used to have happy memories for me. <laughs> Four blocks from my apartment, and I've I've had good times the three times I've been to the Heathman, and I have a friend who cooks there, and now all of a sudden I know that this happened there. So now I think I'll think of this. Okay, okay so I gotta say, so so E.L. James is uh, she's British, all right. Oh yeah. yeah. The reason she said she said it in the Pacific Northwest because uh, America like has these like you know can have these like more expansive stories she thinks and like nothing really says expansive and dramatic like Wazoo Vancouver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just it was so arbitrary. I guess it was so it could be like a bigger deal when he was like still hanging around but i was like why wouldn't she just be in seattle to begin with why isn't she just going to you know u-dub or something yeah yeah why because why is u-dub she would have options why isn't he why isn't she going to whitworth why is she writing her like finals on tests of the Dubervilles at an agricultural campus <laughs> i don't think i don't think it's all agricultural just that's one of the programs that is Pretty good. Anyway, uh, let me... No, I'm pretty sure it's 100% <laughs> cow studies. It's all cows from here on out. Look, look. Yeah, all the students are cows. <laughs> all the studies are cows. I'm sounding like I'm really hating on the school. I'm not. It just... It does seem like, like there is some... It was only an agricultural school. <laughs> there is some... some, some uh, it seems like rich private school looking down on these guys. That seems like what you guys are doing. No, it's just bit. true, though. If, like, if, you, if you take one of the cows upstairs, you have to shoot them because you can't bring them down. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's an entirely one level agricultural school for yes, that reason. That is why. Yeah. All right. No, it just seems like a weird plot choice. <laughs> well, that, somewhere in there was uh, something that reminded me of of my major compliment, which is uh, she takes a helicopter to Seattle, which sounds well. Awesome. She rides in a helicopter. Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I take a yeah. train. I don't mean I drove the train. I was the engineer for Amtrak when I took a train to Seattle. I. I was. I flew Delta <laughs> does not mean that I got my pilot's license and worked my way up through the commercial airline industry so that I could fly a plane from Portland to Seattle for Delta Airlines. Chris. Oh, you, you went with Delta? Won that bitch? <laughs> anyway, uh, so she gets to fly in a helicopter to Seattle, which does seem like, you know, I, we've, we've always gone back and forth on whether it's better to rent a car or take the train or there's a new really cheap bus service called Bolt Bus. That's like $7 from Portland to Seattle. But a helicopter, that seems like the best way. Yeah, that's the shit. Yeah, what was it? like 45 minutes or something, and you're hovering, and you're, yeah, you're and in the private sexy airport, restraints. so none of the TSA bullshit. Yeah, yeah, building to building. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, guys, just try and not get late if you take your date on a helicopter ride. No kidding. Like that like would that different is species, a, yeah. you know, like different time, like eras. I don't care what it is. Like you will overcome all obstacles. Different species, really? Yeah, you know, like centaurs and mummies. How is a centaur gonna fit in a helicopter? Yeah, come on. Well, it's have to be a centaur size one. I mean, that's like that's that's how you 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 do it. Hop into my chinook. <laughs> 
Let's get into the uh, let's get into the main segment today, the uh, the hate segment. Today's hate game uh, by Chris Rames is called "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Hater?" <laughs> or are you smarter than El James? You could be. It could be. Yeah. Or our fifth Oof. grade narrator. Yeah. So uh, just to piggyback on the fact that El James is not from the Pack Northwest, yeah. um, some basic Wikipedia research could could have told her that. Pike Market District is not a place in Seattle. Yeah, Pike Street Market. Or, or Pike Place Market, or the public market. And it's not even called a neighborhood there. It's just like downtown. That's what no, it is. No, but she, yeah, she even, yeah. But she called it the Pike Street Market like four times too. And it's just like, it like grated on my nerves. Oh, well, I got another hate on Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he likes Kings of Leon. <laughs> yeah and that pisses Just you off that out there real casually well she made such a specific point of like mentioning what music they were listening to ever and it was clear she was like what do young folks like <laughs> and just like googled that and then was like kings of leon oh there's a song called sex on fire mm. Mm. <laughs> but also opera just to mix it up sex on fire is appropriate yeah. because we'll later be cinching genitals <laughs> <laughs> if I you agree to it, a hard limit, fire plays a hard limit. Fire plays a hard limit. As is Kings of Leon for sure, me. It was a hard actually. limit. You're right. Yep. <laughs> Poker. I didn't even know her. <laughs> Weird. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's get into the meat of this. Uh, let me just get it out there. I I don't understand BDSM stuff. Like I just don't like when she went into the room, and I just like I don't understand. She was describing the playroom. I was like. Where is the part of the playroom for the smuggling, the snuggling, and talking about your feelings? Where, where is the carabiner for that? Oh, you, Alex, you're a catch. <laughs> also, why not? Why not have like a cake room of 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 pleasure instead of a yeah. red room of pain? Yeah, he's clearly a feeder. Right? <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. Every t- so that was a big thing. Is like one of the lines I wrote down was like. No one is going to dictate to me what I eat, <laughs> how I fuck, yes, but eat, no. What I'm allowed no to say way. in public, who I'm allowed to look at, that's all fine. Yeah, where I'm allowed to work. Whether or not I can wear underwear. <laughs> yeah, if I'm allowed to shower after jogging before you'll just come by and jump on me. <laughs> all that's fine, but food, so there has to be a line in the sand, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the thing with food that was weird was like, also, he just orders for her at restaurants and then says, I hope you like fish. You know, there's an easy solution to find out if she likes fish or not. <laughs> yes, ask just before you've ordered fish. Well, yeah, what if yeah. she has, like, gluten intolerance or something? Seriously. And then he's trying to feed her and she just has really bad gas. This is <laughs> this is a short book about a guy who killed a girl with a peanut intolerance. <laughs> Honestly, I felt like really angry because I was like, "Man, I, I'm not, but I'm not hungry right now. Stop making me eat food." Because, because yeah, it's so easy to put yourself in her in her shoes or pants. Well, it's because he lived, you know, he lived through the 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 Great Depression or something, and so he's like, "I have been hungry once, 
so you will be full for the rest of your life. And just shoves cod down her throat. And he, I think he thinks that like every orifice is like her mouth, maybe. Just because he just wants to fill it at all times. He's like, are you hungry for penis? If so, I have some penis. No, I th- oh, can I talk about that for a sec? <laughs> yes. So Anna is supposed to be this like super sheltered, innocent virgin, right? But she's like... So she she feels confident enough where she has no problem giving a slightly toothy blowjob. She <laughs> can't say vagina. Yeah. <laughs> he he touched uh, he touched near my sex. In, in the deepest re- parts of me that I there that I in italics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they italicized it so you knew what it was because otherwise you'd be like your knees yeah what? or her belly. Yeah, there's so many things below me. Yeah. Australia. <laughs> Wait, he licked your calves. That's gross. <laughs> Uh, all right here's another hate for this here's here okay this is a major hate that is not confined to this book this book is using a larger trope that really bothers me but it really bothers me vanilla sex here's the thing vanilla just so happens to be the best flavor humans have ever invented for everything mm, no but yes 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 and more importantly chris it is not the absence of flavor you <laughs> add it to things Vanilla is a flavoring. It's not like ice cream isn't just born vanilla. You have to put vanilla flavoring into it to make it a delicious flavor, the best flavor. You're right. I think more ice milk sex would be a more accurate way of describing it. Oh, man. Yeah, or yogurt. No! You leave (laughs) yogurt out of this. (laughs) Uh, Like, anything... Anything remotely appealing is not a good comparison for this. (laughs) Well, that is... is that is definitely true. But I really like I really like vanilla things. If I'm at a, if I'm an ice cream place, sure, I would like my vanilla ice cream to have some things on it. Like you can put some candy or cookie bits or something in it. That's delicious. I mean, oh. if their def- if their definitions of uh, vanilla sex is not being suspended by your nipples, I'm all for vanilla sex as well. <laughs> well, we know that <laughs> Anna really is open minded in terms of flavors because she does call his junk a Christian Grey flavor popsicle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and then she says things like gray gray is hard and soft at the same time like steel encased in velvet <laughs> which would be mostly hard and as he really, reveals you hit me with steel encased in velvet not softening that yeah, very much yeah you know uh. you ever been to hit by steel encased in velvet <laughs> That's one of my that's one of my hard limits too um, man someone really worked her over down there <laughs> <laughs> That's also the same scene where he's like, I want you to be on a first name basis with this part of me. And yeah. then I was like, ooh, what's its name? Yeah. <laughs> Johnson? No, that's the last name. It's called Lil' Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I call mine Big Chris. Is that weird? <laughs> that's surprising, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, he also says this thing is, the, the, you get it, first name basis with this, that is the thing that is most important to me. That might That's weird. It's his that dick. Really? Yeah, really? His dick. Yeah. It's not the you company might... that he's built. It's not friendship. Friendship or mutual respect. It's or yeah. even like recovering from a traumatic past mostly. Yeah. 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 If you're really hungry, isn't food the most important thing to you now? Well, that no. okay. All right. So bringing it back to this like the thing about the BDSM is like I I'm all for being like even though I mentioned it's not my favorite thing because it doesn't have the secret telling in it. But uh, I still, I want to not judge people for their kinks. But this is such a bad example of it. 
that you can't look on it fondly. Like, because it's, she's constantly complaining about how bossy he is. Clearly, this is not turning her on when he's like, you have to wear this dress. You have to take this gift. You don't have a say in the matter. Like, Well, it's not consensual. That's the thing is that this isn't actually a representative of that relationship, right? Because it's like, it's like putting that label on what is just, in fact, an abusive, bad relationship. And that's like such a misrepresentation of of like a a whole subset. Yeah, yeah. So leather, maybe that's sexy to you. Inability to talk to your partner like she's an adult. Not sexy. Never yeah. sexy. <laughs> this is like the reefer madness of BDSM, I think. Like, where it's like, <laughs> oh, it's propaganda. Right. <laughs> Stuff that doesn't actually happen. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no one eats babies. Remember yeah. when reefer madness turned on all those housewives? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go ahead and just call some bullshit on all of the orgasms. <laughs> Every single one. Every single one. No, I mean, it's just like... Uh, you, she's never been in a relationship before. Like, she's never been in a relationship. She's never she touched herself. She doesn't masturbate. She's never been like, And he flicks her nipple and she comes. Boom, like and, that. And she, he also rips through her virginity. Like, apparently she's never been on a horse or just a ride. <laughs> yeah, she's 21 at this point. She's been near a horse, I'm sure. And she's awkward. She didn't fall and break her hymen. Yeah. Like, also, by the way, the, the image I got when he said ripped through her virginity, I just like pictured like like the Hulk holding off like, a shirt. phone book that says my virginity on it and just like tearing it. That, that was E.L. James' perfect choice of word for it and then she also goes arg like kathy (laughs) (laughs) arg there's not enough chocolate (laughs) arg arg my my diet is hard on mondays (laughs) my my way this proof is is definitely make make the main character pirate kathy (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that that would really fix a lot of things I really yeah, I mean, like, I know this is like it. You know, it's fantasy. It's escapism. Um, you know, she, she's supposed to be getting turned on by all these new experiences or whatever. But I was just like, ugh, stop it. Um, I have a hate. I have a hate. Um, yeah. So uh, wait, what? What hate game are we playing again? We <laughs> we are playing. Are you smarter than a fifth hater? Okay, I'll take basic yeah, hate talk. Yeah, basic hateography for. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Photography. Um, so. You know, just commenting on the fact that Anna has never been touched before. Mm-hmm. Like, this book tries to sexualize pretty much everything about Christian Grey. And the fir- after she wakes up, she has to brush her teeth, and she's in Christian Grey's, like, hotel room, and there's only oh, one toothbrush. Oh, yeah, I know where you're going with this one. So, so she says that using his toothbrush <laughs> is like having him inside her. Oh, God, it's so ooky. Oh. That's not true. It's like using a wet toothbrush. Maybe there's a little it's like mischief. Getting a herpes. A little herpes. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a bit of mischief. Tooth you know, herpes. maybe like hoo, 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 he won't know I've used his toothbrush. But like, it's not like having him inside you, Anna. <laughs> it's like it's that commercial for Colgate where they take the picture of the girl's mouth in the mall and they're like germ party. That's what that is. It's a germ party. <laughs> but it doesn't stop him from making out with her, even though in the past 12 hours she has barfed everywhere and <laughs> used his toothbrush. Oh, yeah, she used his toothbrush the after the barf. Yeah. Uh. She woke up, pounded some OJ, brushed her teeth with his toothbrush, and then stuck her tongue down. So, vomit, mint, and OJ together. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
also Kesha has higher standards. The guy's a billionaire. How about a Sonicare at this point? Yeah. D- doesn't he get? Yeah, it's so much less work. A solar powered one, Christian. <laughs> Made in yeah. Darfur. You know, come on, whatever you want. Yeah. But at no, this point, Senegalese construction is not what it used to be. You guys. <laughs> I. I have a hate. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna banter with Jeff Foxworthy for a second <laughs> and just jump into this. All right, well, then I okay. definitely hate it. <laughs> Here's one of the actual lines: "You beguile me, Christian. Completely overwhelm me. I feel like Icarus flying too close to the sun." I whisper. Oh. Yeah. This is like her favorite metaphor ever, and 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 what the fuck? I actually really liked it. I was gonna start using that more often. Yeah, just whenever whenever you're on like a first date, you'd be yeah. like. Oh, you make me feel like Icarus. Really? <laughs> you beguile me. No, no, I was going to use it just anytime somebody screws anything up or like feels in the least bit dangerous. You know, <laughs> like whenever I walk by a slightly dark alley, I'll be like, oh man, I feel like Icarus right now. I'm being See? way too brave. I'm flying too close to 4th Street. I, Here's, I whisper I mean, it to large burritos before I eat them. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I, mean, I guess in the way that like, like large amounts of like hot opaque fluid are, could be involved. Yes, it's somewhat like Icarus. <laughs> But other than that, every time, it's kind of a stretch. Every and here's time the I problem. Reach- here's the problem with feeling like Icarus is Icarus was having a fucking great time before his wings started <laughs> melting. <laughs> All right, he was flying higher than Dad. He was like, yeah, 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 and like then things started to come apart. And also, then, you know, he was literally too close to the sun. You got to see that one coming. You know, like he and he died from it, right? Shouldn't you know, like you're gonna die at the end of this. Didn't he die? Yeah, he fell into the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he drowned Fucking a. in the ocean. Fucking A. And I mean, it is telling that Anna hasn't met any of his former subs. Right. And she calls him Bluebeard. And, you know, subs drowning <laughs> seems like a thing. <laughs> I just thought of them like sandwiches and the time go faster. Yeah, uh, how, I wish it was like Hunt for Red October. How many subs have you had? Tide. Fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Not, not big on bread, huh? She's, oh my god, guys, guys, what if Christian Grey is actually Jared from Sunday? <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh god, okay, but that's so funny, but then, like, that's gonna be in my head for the rest of the book. And, like, that's why he doesn't want to take off his shirt, because, like, he's embarrassed. Yeah, because he's still. still got stretch marks. And yeah. and that's why he said there was that time when he was really hungry. It wasn't when he was a little child, it was a few years ago when he was only <laughs> eating chicken teriyaki for lunch. Yeah, just the six-incher. Yeah. So do we have anything else that we want to... I mean, we've been going for a little over, over an hour, so we could probably yeah. be done. I'm good. No, there was just the anal fisting from before, but that can keep... Oh, no, no, you you said you wanted to... Yeah, I wanted to talk about the just on the show. That was fine. So... The... It's... Yeah. So you, I mean, you had this problem, which is that there is not enough BDSM for how much you were promised? Well, I just feel like if you have a contract that's laying out all of these rules that are really specific, and there are things in there like... Which is acceptable to the submissive. And one of the things just out of nowhere is like anal fisting. Mm-hmm. And that never comes up again. And that's like, that's pretty intense. And I read this that definitely- and I was like, whoa! Like, is this why housewives are getting into it? Is because this is how they're getting introduced to the concept of anal fisting? <laughs> but, Sarah, like, was this uh, Chekhov's anal yeah, fisting for you? I knew you were going to yeah, go there, it was. <laughs> like, If an anal fist you- shows up in the beginning, it's going to have to go off later. Uh, in her butt yeah. <laughs> definitely in the butt I mean that, that, was, is, that is I think by definition where it would have to go and Ezra by the way my notes literally say Chekhov's rule of anal fisting yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of our favorite I think I'm going to try to add Icarus in the future but for now I think Chekhov is one of our favorite references on this show 
You're like an anal fist right. flying too close to the sun. <laughs> We've got these little fists at the end of our tiny wrist. We've got these big, big hearts full of teenagers. This ad was required but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, at couples counseling. Now, Anna, Christian, what seems to be the problem here? Last night I had a snack between meals and there were no consequences. Okay. Christian saw me eat it, he knew the rules, and he didn't even flinch, let alone punish me like he was supposed to. Baby, I was tired. So he didn't beat you silly? Not even a little silly. Well, I didn't hang my towels up after my shower. Maybe that was your punishment. Was it? No. I just forgot. I'm sorry. See? It's like he doesn't even care anymore. I can wear what I want, make eye contact with him, and can you believe I'm actually wearing underwear right now because someone was too busy to humiliate me by stealing them? You don't understand the kind of pressure I'm under at work. Maybe I just don't have any energy for- For your sex slave? Because honestly, I don't feel like one anymore. I feel like a wife. I'm so sorry, baby. Don't Comfort me! Spank me! Now, I'm familiar with this situation. The bone-crazy period of a BDSM romance creates unrealistic expectations in both parties for how a long-term relationship will actually work out. So what do we do? Why not connect over a free book from audiblepodcast.com slash weep? You can rekindle the fire that made you want to enter this incredibly destructive relationship in the first place. Thank you, doctor. Miss Steele. Don't talk to anyone else in my presence. Oh, sir, do you really mean it? I'm gonna I'm gonna tie you to this backless couch and make you listen to an audible book right now. Wait. Oh, Mr. Gray. Audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep. Yay? Dancing, crazy romancing, fellas advancing constantly. Marriage is for old folks, old folks, not for me. So, uh, so we're just gonna do a uh, an expert interview with with you on this. I'm I'm not much of an expert, but I will do my best. How are you not an expert? I couldn't read the goddamn thing. It was terrible. It was horrible. I couldn't fucking finish it. I was in the middle of reading it, and I'm on the Kindle, and the little percentage thing does not move. It never fucking ends. And I'm like, I can't handle this. And all these people recommended it to me, and they're like, it's so hot. You're going to want to bonk your husband. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Well, I'll read this. And oh, you're going to like it. It's got all these romance tropes, which it does. But it was terrible. God, it was just heartbreaking how bad it was and then all these people are telling me more how good it is i'm like oh i wish i agreed with you how could this be that there is a a book like this haven't you i mean haven't you read worse Oh, I have read worse. I've read much worse. I made Ooh. you read worse. Come on. There was <laughs> anal on the piano, and the guy didn't even go get some chicken broth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you haven't forgotten the drama I put you through. This is worse no. for me. I don't know about you guys, but this is much worse. It's much longer. <laughs> it yeah. never fucking ends. Oh, More my email God. exchanges. Also, I think maybe my problem with this was too much chicken broth. It was everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and it, it was like... 
there every possible fetish with the exception of furries was in there. You know? <laughs> if she was on her period, he wanted to do it with her. If there was a pair of spatulas in the kitchen, he'd use those too. God almighty. <laughs> Spatula fetish. It's a, it's a yeah, thing. Yeah, totally. Very, very common one. Spatulistas. Yep. And the thing that makes people absolutely bonkers about this is is that the portrayal of what is called BDSM in this book is not only factually inaccurate, but it's bad and it's dangerous and it's wrong. Um, like people who yeah. actually do BDSM are like, this fucking sucks. I can't believe you think... Am I allowed to curse? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. I can't believe it. that this is what is passing for BDSM among most people who have never heard of such things. Actual BDSM has a whole lot of of much more specific interaction and def- definition of terms and limitations and you know a couple of email messages and a contract that she doesn't actually sign that's not going to cut it well wait, wait, there's a contract and that's not specific enough for you are you i mean at this what it sounds like what you're describing then as bdsm is a really paperwork intensive activity no, and it's not paperwork intensive, but it's training intensive. You don't get involved in that particular community without having significant training in what you're doing, whether you're a, to- a dominant or you're a sub. Well, uh, you don't just like, sort of roll in and be like, "Hey, somebody spanked me." That's not how it works. Oh, it's kind of like you need like experience in order to get experience, kind of thing. It's like, Correct. yeah, do you intern like for a while? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an internship. And the thing is, there's erotic romance has been around for over 10 years there every every romance that's published is progressively more and more explicit it used to be five ten years ago that oral sex was a huge deal among readers that that a heroine would perform oral sex on a hero was like oh my god and that was like you know two or three pages of description and i remember hearing about a panel at a conference where an editor said that anal was the new oral that was the new boundary (laughs) that everyone was going to explore and now you have anal sex showing up in paranormal and contemporary romances just because because the the level of expectation for what is and what isn't explicit becomes a much larger concept of regular sexual practice because there's just an increasing level of explicitness so so, so doesn't this fit really well into that then this is taking the new like isn't uh, spatula the new anal <laughs> god i hope not the problem with this particular book is that the portrayal of bdsm is completely inaccurate and the sexuality between the hero and the heroine it doesn't actually change that much well that i agree i mean i feel like the portrayal of uh of of, vam- of, of vampires was not very accurate in twilight but that's not its main flaw <laughs> like uh, if you the couldn't read this, this it wasn't because you disagreed with the you didn't think it was factually accurate enough for your tastes i'm i'm assuming <laughs> what is it no, that it got you that was... who like, a reviewer of works like this that you couldn't read it oh boy um and i don't mean to insult other that's... works i just mean that you review no, books no it I do review books, and I review a lot of explicit books, and I reviewed books with a lot more explicit sex with a lot more erotic and sexual tension. What I did not like about this book are a lot of the same things I didn't like about Twilight. I didn't like the narrator. I didn't like being in her head. She had the personality of a, of a wet noodle and was just about as exciting as plain yogurt. They, there was nothing to her. Well, let's not nothing bring yogurt into this, I guys. <laughs> no, no, I think she's I mean, right, Ezra. Fuck yogurt. No, no. <laughs> yeah, fuck yogurt. I, I would spend long amounts of time with yogurt happily. No. <laughs> no. Compared if to this, this book yeah. were Fifty Shades of Yogurt, I think we would be in business. <laughs> <laughs> 
shade number one, boysenberry. <laughs> Fruit on the bottom. But what, what really bothered me about this book particularly was that it never went anywhere. It was the same circle. Oh my God, he noticed me and he sent me an email. And now we're having intensive sexual conversations. Holy crap, my inner goddess took a dump. Whatever's going on. <laughs> it was the same cycle over and over. And, and I could not stand being in her head. So what did you guys think of it? I'm really curious. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to take a I guess? Mean... Oh, I thought I bet you thought it was just magnificent. <laughs> I, we we only read the first half uh, for this week, and so I actually don't know. <laughs> <This week. laughs> well, we're yeah we're gonna finish it for next week. I just couldn't not I could not convince my body to listen to any more in this calendar week. I needed it, it was sore. It needed a break. But it, it wasn't working out with its personal trainer three days a week as prescribed in the contract. Yeah, and I never eat off meals. the list of things I'm allowed to eat, so <laughs> No one tells me what I can eat. Right. That's the game changer. Everything else is fine. But if you come yeah. anywhere near my menu <laughs> Um, Sarah, I do have to say though, like that that was my kind of struggle with reading this is like I did hate this book too, but I was like kind of happy that people were at least talking about like what is turning women on like, oh that made me so happy well, I, yeah and that that was well, very but, like interesting to me and it made me kind of be like oh okay you know i guess but in this case what is turning women on is not being allowed to have feelings or emotions or opinions but being forced into having whatever uh, servant of him and his pleasure I'm going to go way out on a limb here, but this is my theory about this particular book. It is very easy for the woman who is reading it to imagine herself in the role of the heroine because there is so little personality of the heroine in the book that to get in the way. Yeah, that's right. The, that's she's a college-age cipher. That's the yeah, Twilight she's phenomenon. Yeah, very much a cipher. It's in, it's it's like Twilight exactly. I, I, there's a review, a comic review of of Twilight on the oatmeal, and they call the main character Pants. <laughs> she's, like, she's like a pair of pants and you just step right in so she is she's just she, she's like a pair of pants and not, not even really good pants just you know yoga pants anyone can wear them and not look terrible unless they're unless they're flesh colored and you know and then you end up on people of walmart but, <laughs> she had so little personality that if this was at all arousing and interesting her personality was not going to get in the way of you imagining yourself in this particular position and for many women, it can be incredibly erotic to be in a imaginary scenario where a guy says, I'm going to take care of everything. All you have to do is do what I say. And I'm going to make sure you have great orgasms and a computer and a car and, a, you know, money and an Amex black card and whatever <laughs> else you need. I'm on it. You know, from your laundry to your orgasm, I will take care of everything and you will be happy. You just have to listen to what I say. And considering the amount of multi-management that women do in, an, in a given hour, having somebody said, no, 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 you just sit there and I'll take care of everything. That can be incredibly arousing and curious. You just hang I there mean, from the ceiling. Yeah, just you know, hang by your toenails. Everything's fine. I, I mean, I, I like the idea of a, like a personal assistant, but I just felt like I was trapped in a really fucked up relationship for like half of a book. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt because I could not abide being in the heroine's head when she had no personality and was basically well, a pair of pants. Yeah, my, I have no, I have no, con, no, cons, no criticism of let me take care of your laundry and your orgasms, but. Like, the food thing is really serious. Like, here are the list of approved foods you can eat. That's that's not a... That's not, a, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. Yeah. 
Nope, not at all. And I didn't particularly, I didn't particularly like his management. But the only thing you see of his character is the language in the contract, their dialogue, and his email. And who is this CEO where he has all this time to write cute email? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, and he's like, isn't he like 27, 28? Yeah. 27, yeah, managing his like, company of 20,000 people. He yeah, has time you know, for this shit. Yeah. Like you do. Well, uh, and like learning to fly helicopters and like oh, yeah. gliding. He's, what is he's like? Soaring to the layman. Oh god, <laughs> such a dude. He's he's clearly a figurehead for this company. He's not actually running anything. They give him the I penthouse because so he's beautiful. Fun. Oh, I had so much fun imagining what this company is a cover for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where the CEO like, can just take a fuck day. Rockets, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, also, like first page when she's like, "All of these blonde ladies," I was like, oh, "Human trafficking? Right. <laughs> Are they robots?" Clearly, human trafficking would be his particular. I have, I have an idea. Thing. What if he's actually just like he's just a gray tie salesman, and this is the only way he knows how to sell gray ties. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. And it's like he's always on the cell phone being like, what's the tie situation in Darfur? <laughs> Do they need me to come over there? I can seduce someone with a tie. The thing about this book is that there are so many romance tropes that are very old and familiar in it that as I sort of bumped into them, I thought, oh, it's you, the overbearing alpha butt munch hero. And oh, it's you, the completely innocent idiot woman who couldn't find her clitoris with a map and a flashlight. Yes. Oh, I've run into you people before, but I read you like 10 years ago. Why am I reading you now? Oh, and so... And Twilight was that, too. It was yeah. a lot of a, a... Twilight was very much a throwback to a very old style of romance. In in the in the 70s and the 80s, and the, and the romances where you think of bodice rippers, where the heroine is wearing like magenta eyeshadow and her hair is blowing back, and the guy's got like his shirt off, and he's, you know, her boobs are coming out of the dress and they're like having sex in some weird place where the grass is on a horse and on a horse and the swans are freaking out in the background and the whole thing is magenta and puce go on romance novels (laughs) (laughs) i know i had you at magenta talk slower talk slower (laughs) so (laughs) there's gonna be a flash comic of this isn't there (laughs) there (laughs) those romances featured an alpha male who would come in and the heroine was this virginal innocent very sheltered person who literally moved from her father or her guardian's keeping into the hero's keeping and had to adopt his worldview and change her entire life to suit what he wanted in a lot of different ways but in that experience she got to she got to understand sexual autonomy and there was this whole the whole bunch of sexual politics that take place in these old romances that I some parts that I find fascinating some parts that I don't like but the overbearing dominant alpha male who says you come with me and do what I say that that is exactly what's happening in this book. It's a very old style of romance trope that I don't particularly like, but there are many readers who do, and that that sort of style of innocent, clueless woman versus experienced, worldly male, although in other books he's much older than 27, <laughs> God, that plays out over and over again. So, so and that was exactly what Twilight was. To that, any other questions for her, should we, or should we let Sarah move on with her life now? Um, just a quick one. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we, we always say on the show that there's that anything that's bad is only one change away from being awesome so what would the one change you'd make to this to to make it good oh goodness only one yeah, yeah. Any, any one change though as, as but they, it could, i mean it could one. be big like one change is sometimes like if the instead of a of an innocent virginal heroine she was a dinosaur yeah <laughs> so like or he was a cat it can have it can, have, it can be one change that has a has a ripple effect 
She was an Archaeopteryx. Yeah. Okay, you know all those t-shirts that say, you know those t-shirts that say, and then Buffy slew Edward to the end? Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what I want. I want Anna to stake Christian. I want Wait. you to just pick up a spatula and just drive it into his chest. She, <laughs> she decides, you know, she's, she's low on iron or something, and so decides yes. that he must be a vampire, and then whoosh, yeah, right she in the just, chest. if she would just stand up and have some backbone and whip him, if she started whipping him, the story would have been amazing. <laughs> Everyone gets whips now. Yeah. Whips for all. Yes, of course. <laughs> awesome. Just wait until Halloween this year. Just wait. <laughs> oh, awesome. Man. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, we didn't get to do an introduction for you. We have a very special guest with us, with us today. You may remember her from episode 124. She is one of the founders and the current overlady of smartbitchestrashybooks.com and also the author of Beyond Heaving Bosoms, The Smart Bitches Guide to Romance Novels. Check it out. Uh, check it out. We have Sarah Wendell back. Welcome her back. Hello. <laughs> hey, Sarah. Hey. Uh, awesome. And then... Nice to not talk to you. Yeah. Nice to have finished talking <laughs> Damn to it. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, smartbitchestrashybooks.com. <laughs> we will talk to you again, Sarah. And thanks for always being willing to discuss disgusting things with us. Anytime you want me to hop on Skype and talk about bad things, I'm happy to do it. That's good to hear. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> awesome. All right, so it's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich. This is our minor compliment, and we're going to go in reverse order, which That's uh, you. makes it me, yeah. Um, so this compliment is for me, and for something my brain did without my, like my subconscious did, without letting my conscious know what's happening, which was this. The sex is gross to listen to, and it makes me uncomfortable, but it's nowhere near as bad as the stuff before the sex, where they hint at the sex... So, like, when they get in the helicopter and he's like, I love the way that seatbelt restrains you. Ew, right? Right? Yeah. Gross. No, totally ew. Yeah. Except so, the sex that they have ew. following that has no restraints. Well, that's true, which is fine with me, actually. But uh, the point was, when I was writing that down, I was like, I love the way the seatbelts restrain you. Ew. That is enough foreshackling. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't do it on purpose. My brain just combined the words... Smashed them together when I wasn't even trying. So that is that's a good one. That is to my subcon. You know, my subconscious did backflips after that to celebrate. <laughs> your, the your only time you, you can do backflips. Yeah. Well, which by the way, of her multiple personalities, right? Her inner goddess is is terrible, but her subconscious is occasionally sarcastic and funny. I I like yeah, when her I subconscious mean, calls her a hoe. Her subconscious is by far the most sensible of the three. <laughs> But but fuck her for wanting to like having to redo Freud and like now it's the now it's the Anna the subconscious and the, and the, and the goddess. inner goddess those are the three parts yeah. of the, the self. Uh, well, I actually this is great uh, as a transition because my compliment is actually about the uh, inner conscience. So uh, this wasn't I guess properly explained in the summary or anything else. But Anna like the narrative trick is that uh, occasionally Anna's inner goddess, which is like her inner what id. Uh, is it's like you know my inner goddess was smiling suggestively or my inner goddess was bummed that i wasn't having sex or something like that and then there's inner conscience which has uh like wing shaped 
horn rim glasses or something like that and is is like kind of the super ego blah 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 um and basically each time that this the inner conscience thought of something i thought of the disney channel show lizzie mcguire in which there's a cartoon version of Lizzie that pops up over the screen and starts like acting out or yelling or doing things like that. And I feel like Lizzie McGuire must have been a major influence for E.L. James. <laughs> I mean, as she has been for all of us. Indeed. <laughs> this started out as Lizzie McGuire fan fiction. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> this took a turn. Yeah. I mean, you were the one who brought up Lizzie McGuire in the context of a sex book. And just in the contents uh, text of uh, inner manif- manifestation of different aspects of your personality, not necessarily. Sure, maybe in your head that works, but in my head it's just like as soon as you started saying that, I was like, you know, fistering Hillary Duff, you know. No. <laughs> yep, it's Chekhov's Hillary Duff. You're right. Actually, it- <laughs> <laughs> there's a Hillary Duff introduced. It has to go off. Well, we just lost her sponsorship, guys. God, <laughs> she gonna, it's okay. She just had a baby. Just the Hillary Duff sponsorship. She was just going to give us a grant or something to keep going with the yeah, Hillary Duff Foundation. Yeah, she was Duff going Foundation. to be benefactress. <laughs> benefactress. You know what? She knew what she was getting into when she signed on with us. She's heard our other episodes. She knew that she might become the- a target at some point, randomly. Or a whale on- vagina. Yeah. yeah. On the plus side, if we lost her, we might have picked up Amanda Bynes again. <laughs> Continuing backwards, Ezra. Um, okay. Here is, I think, probably the... I now know the worst absolute way to try to deal with someone's uh, hurt feelings. Um, in, in one of the many emails, there is a line, If that is how you feel, do you think you could try and embrace these feelings? Deal with them for me? <laughs> That's what a submissive would do. <laughs> that, I mean, that's actually kind of genius. Yeah, it's great. It's like, well, I'm not going to change my request, but if you could deal with your feeling side. <laughs> you're, wait, you're, you're angry me. at me. Is there a way you could try to change your your feelings so that when you're angry, you get turned on? Is that possible? <laughs> bitch, bitch, bitch. No, bitch, <laughs> bitch. You are being hysterical. <laughs> bitch. Calm down. Bitch. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Just in case it wasn't clear to everybody, that was Chris being Christian Grey, not Chris being Chris. All right, uh, Sarah. Um, so we've talked briefly about how the author is British, and I loved how that came through in the book pretty clearly. Like a book, a book is said with air quotes. Like the, people are always fetching things and like using sentence structures that we just don't use here, and it was like so charming and British. That I really expected their safe word to be toodle pip. <laughs> <laughs> or crumpet. Yeah. yeah. Toodle pip, I can't breathe. I mean, those are pretty good. Like, those would never accidentally come up in sex for me, so that would work. Really? Wait, yeah, crumpet it, wouldn't? Your... And crumpet wouldn't, but yeah. sure, crum- I didn't say crumpet, I said toodle pip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? You don't even have your, you know, your dingle whacker and your toodle pips? Wait, wasn't that a. That sounds like a, that sounds like a Motown band. <laughs> the dingle whacker and, and the, the toodle, toodle pips? Yeah. No, it would be yeah. like it'd be like Sarah Hathaway and the and the Toodle Pips. Yeah, that's, that's my band. Ba- that's my band. <laughs> that's the my Toodle band. Pips. Sometimes the Toodle Pips hang, have parties and don't invite you because they secretly are jealous of you getting a, a name and them just being a band. Did you know that? Yeah. I can't believe you already created um, turmoil. The VH1 behind the music of the Toodle yeah. Pips <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> Sarah, your band is already falling apart. It's okay. I'll have a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
right, that is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back again next week with the second half, the uh, the latter 25 shades of gray. <laughs> and uh, boy, I'm expecting big things, aren't you guys? No. Nope. I really think it's going to get better. I think they're gonna they're gonna start talking, communicating better. Uh, no, but this is the part where, like, now you've signed the contract, bitch. Like, bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> you you get to start being more like, and, he, and he's really controlling, and all the weird shit happens, and it turns out it's yeah, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that bitch a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> Bitches love non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches ain't nothing but lawyers and accountants <laughs> with genital clamps. <laughs> <laughs> don't like those words together <laughs> alright anyway uh, so yeah look forward to all of those things and more on next week's show uh, thanks uh, thanks for being here as always as in Chris of course sure um, sure if you, and, and for those of you who have actually read this book because I know it's kind of uh, popular if you have if you have a one change that you would do that would make that would make uh, Fifty Shades of Grey be thoroughly enjoyable, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash weep, and there, engage in delightful conversation like all, all the other fans are doing right now, and you're the only one who's not. They're, you're by yourself being excluded from all of this. You could be there right now if you go, and do it right now, but you're not. Go! Also, uh, you can send us an email. Podcast at weweep.com. All right, anyway, that's it. Uh, and thank you so much for uh, coming back and enduring all of this with us, Sarah. What doesn't kill me... Only makes me stronger. <laughs> only kills what you about, on the inside. What about like losing a leg? I'll just be like Pirate Kathy then. <laughs> yeah, Pirate Kathy. Are I be wearing sweatpants all day today? <laughs> <laughs> I like Pirate Kathy. Men are afraid of commitment. Are <laughs> I like Pirate Kathy? All right, that's it. Talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Show doesn't always end with a bang. Toodle pep sometimes. <laughs> Anal fisting. Should we well, make? Should we all clap and it'll sound like spanking? <laughs> sure. The spanking that Spank- didn't happen in the first part of this book. Yeah. I always lick my hand before I do that because it sounds oh. grosser. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>